This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacer's Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer's Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewyside55, Carlos Fonseca, Jose Pabon, and special and returning guest, Logan Clampett. What's up? Um, I'm good on this uh, afternoon. How are you? Real good. So, Logan, uh, thanks for joining us again. And uh, wanted to get an update on how your, your season has been going uh, with the Peak Race, uh, Peak Antifree Series. Um, and we've been following along your progress uh, week to week uh, since the last time you've been on, which I think was at the beginning of that season. So uh, so tell us, how, how's it been going? Well, as everyone knows, I obviously missed the first four races, and uh, we're trying to overcome that. And usually, like every other race, we get around 20th, and then we get, you know, around 10th. And just last week, we had a decent run going, but not great. We're sitting like 35th in points, about 30 points out of the top 30, which is uh, you have to get top 30 to maintain a DWC license. So in the next few races, we're trying to aim for that, but we're slowly trying to take our time. Yeah, boy, and it's... And what you're describing is some really stiff competition. Um, did you think it was going to be this hard when you started? I don't think you did. Um, I, I don't know. I was actually expecting it to be a lot more difficult, honestly. I mean, it depends on, you know, set up every week and stuff, because sometimes we have bad setups, sometimes we have good setups, but... The usuals like Ray Alfala and PJ and Kenny and all the other guys that have been in the series for years are up front most of the time. Yeah, and it's hard to break that juggernaut, uh, obviously, or break into it. Um, well, very good. Um, why don't you update us on your team? Has anything changed there? And uh, and how's that going as far as helping you get those setups? Um, On HPM, we... Uh, we normally work as a group, and we don't test that that much. Probably about, I'd say, four hours per week, somewhere around there. And uh, just uh, every other week, we have good setups. Like when I returned, we had just you know an awesome setup at Texas, and which got me a top five in my first series start, and also at Chicago Land, which I got seventh, and uh, but normally not much has changed over on HPM. Great. Yeah, the continuity is uh, ob- obviously a plus usually. Um, well, last week uh, you guys went to Kentucky, and uh, looking at the results there, Ray Alfala and just the guys you named, PJ uh, Sturgios, Kenny Humpy, and Jake Sturgios are your top four there. And... Uh, 
you know, coming out of, you know, that's your point, point leaders, obviously. So, um, tell us a little more about your Kentucky race. And then obviously you guys are set up to race again tomorrow night, right? On Tuesday. Yeah, correct. We're going to be racing at Indy tomorrow and my Kentucky race, it, it didn't go so well, like probably around halfway through the race. You know, our setup wasn't great. It was a complete dump truck, and I was sitting around 13th, somewhere around there, and I I tried, you know, getting off to the pits uh, pretty, pretty quickly, and I believe pit road speed was 50 miles an hour, and I gassed it up a little early and got, got it to around 53 miles an hour at the line exiting pit road, which got me speeding. Uh, which led me to going a lap down. Caution came out, got back on lead lap, and it was very difficult to pass in the back And because everyone's just so even. So next caution, we just, you know, decided to take two tires. You know, what the heck? We tried to take less fuel to tighten it up, and we we started around 10th position, and it was like I was driving on complete ice. I went from 10th to around 35th in five laps and and then self-spun a couple laps later because it's just like so difficult to handle on two tires oh yeah i've done that i've learned my lesson a long time ago actually to not do two tires Uh, carlos you try two tires pretty often though all the time but does it work off about it what but does it work is the question well, it depends on how many laps, uh, how hard you were pushing, and how long of a run you think you're going to get. Yeah. I think most people fall into what Logan was ta- describing, where it's just like ice and and it's impossible to drive. My yeah, question, so is it realistic? I mean, is it realistic to real life? Mm, I'd have to say no on that one. I would have to agree. I mean, it's not realistic some of the ways that the car handles when it comes to real life. Uh Putting on two tires shouldn't have had such a dramatic effect, uh, making it such like ice or uh, such so loose that you, it was undrivable. Um, yeah, that's weird. something that I think, yeah, that should be resolved in our rate in our racing itself. Because if you go two lefts, it makes the car drivable but real tight. So it's just really weird, and I don't, I don't know. It just seems like the left tires aren't doing enough work. You know, speaking of tires, I'm gonna kind of throw in a topic here, but. The real NASCAR race at Indy, we saw Kyle Busch, you know, with no tires, still win the race. With people behind him with tires, you know, can't get by. And he's driving away from them with no tires. And that is so different than what we see in iRacing. In iRacing, it's the opposite almost, you know. The guy without tires up front, he's going to get gobbled up quick, you know. And so... You you know, do we got it wrong and, and NASCAR's got it right? Or, I mean, how is it supposed to work there? I don't know. I, I say something to do with most of that yesterday with the whole clean air deal. That was mostly a product of Indy. You know, that's just how the track is. But I think it's still, we might have too much wear now. I don't know. I, I think, think the cars has... are still too aero dependent. Well, you got to remember... Goodyear, who supplies the tires, changed the tire models or tire compound, uh, basically track per track from what I understand. Um, this might have been some different new compound that has never been put out there that 
allowed him to do this and uh, he became aware of it. It's probably hard as heck, you know, because remember, they've had trouble at this track twice. Yes. At the Formula One race as well as a NASCAR race uh, where the tires were not suitable, basically. And that's one thing I'm racing. I probably cannot keep up with is the, the changing of the tire compounds and, and the way Goodyear does their, you know, the, the thing with uh, with uh, NASCAR and, of course, Formula One or uh, Indy. All right. Uh, Logan, what's your guys thinking over there, you know, when you're running the peak uh, about tires and, uh, and whatnot? Do you think strategy is following real NASCAR? You're, you guys are doing something different than them. Maybe a little bit different, but not by much because usually the pit the pit window in NASCAR is the same for peak. Honestly, uh, like it's surprising. I mean, but the it's tire just window, almost you mean, not on. necessarily the fuel window. The entire the entire race. Um, just uh. I I I don't really. No, know. what I mean is is tomorrow when you go to Indy, the fuel window is thirty two laps, but you're not going to go that long. You're going to actually pit at about twenty eight or twenty seven, right? Because you want t- fresh tires. Yeah, it it kind of depends. I mean, we kind of have a strategy worked out that I don't really want to say, right? Uh, of course, because I don't I don't know if anyone else because. Every like five lap, like if you pit on lap twenty and you, you just do twenty lap runs and then twenty five lap runs, that's one less stop. And we're just trying to figure it out. And I think we have a good plan. So I mean, it'll be somewhere around lap thirty two, but maybe a little bit before. Right. All right, so uh, Indy is tomorrow for you guys, and um, boy, you know, track position is king is what I learned uh, racing Indy this last week. Uh, you're going in there with a big in- emphasis on qualifying, I presume? Um, I, I'm i a terrible hot lapper at Indy. Actually, I'm just not great at Indy overall, but I I'm going to try and get as best of a starting position as I can because at every track, every race and peak, since everyone is so even, track position matters a lot. Yeah, especially in this series. Correct. Well, you know, even though, you know, you're having some tough results over there uh, in, in a lot of those races, I looked at your, your last top 10 races and official that you can see on anybody's profile page. And I tell you what, you got eight out of 10 are top three. And uh, out of those eight, you have four wins. So four out of 10 are wins. Uh, You're no slouch, obviously. And this is across a a wide variety of series, Uh, A car, C car, street stock, late model, uh, legends, uh, et cetera. So, uh, Boy, you're getting it done. You're you're doing a lot of other racing too. Yeah, I I haven't you know cared much about I rating. Like in the Class A Open race and NIS Open race, I I think I 
I spun in the Class A race, and I just decided to reset and quit. I didn't have any damage because I knew it was just, you know, over, and I didn't want to deal with it. But uh, it's just, Indy's a difficult track. And then I'm getting into short track where it's pretty pretty simple for me to get top fives, top threes at. So, Right. Cool. All right, let's uh, jump on. Uh, they had the uh, World GP uh, Formula One race at the uh, Okiyama. And uh, Gregor Hutu won that. Martin Kronke second. Joni Termala third. Mitchell DeJong from California fourth. And Oli Pakala fifth. So... Uh, yeah, I didn't get much of an update as far as how the race went. Uh, there was a post from one of the teams, Coanda Simsport, about it. Uh, and they talked about their race specifically, but I didn't really find anything more. So uh, still looking for more information about that uh, in time for these podcasts. But let's, let's jump into NIS, uh, the NASCAR iRacing Series. Uh, so last week we were in Indy for the Firecracker 400, and uh, Brickyard. Firecracker. Yeah, what did I say? Firecracker Brickyard 400, and once again a full length race, uh, which that's too much, you know. Get ready for another one next week. Again? Oh my gosh! It's Glenn. crazy these full length races. We got to racing. I hope you're listening. You got to get this under control. And I don't like- mind a few of them, but this is just. Every other week, it seems like. And then five more weeks from now, we get Richmond. Well, people do work during or the day, like so it's tough. And a lot of my team members didn't race as much as they normally would because of that. Um, so let's go through the race. Uh, I'll talk about mine first. Uh, Wednesday night turned out to be the same night as the truck race at Eldora. Uh, so that kept some team members away as well, you know, because that's kind of can't miss racing. I I tried to kind of watch it on my iPhone as I raced Indy, uh, but it, that's difficult to do. I ended up with a 20th. I got wrecked in a wreck that happens, you know, way out ahead of you, and you just can't miss it. You know, it's like you come up on it, and they're blocking the track or whatever, and they, or they come across the track, and and uh, those are tough to miss. Uh, Thursday, um, my buddy Kyle Fleischman, a teammate, uh, he finished ninth after blowing an engine. Okay, so he's down in one of these lower splits. Uh, I forget what his I rating is. Do you know, Carlos? I have no clue. But he's in one of the lower splits of NIS. I don't think he's in the lowest. Um, maybe one up from the bottom. But... It is carnage down there, folks, if you haven't been down there. And um, he can blow a ch- uh, an engine and still have enough attrition to finish ninth. Uh, and speak of the of devil, he just joined us, Kyle Fleischman. I was just telling him Thursday how uh, you finished ninth after blowing your engine. Yeah. I'm 33 laps into the race. I just lost it going to turn one and nosed it into the inside wall. Wait, was that the one I was racing with you, or you know that we were racing at the same time? No, we raced the open the together. Yeah, this it was the, Wednesday night. 
This is the fix on uh yeah, this is the fix on Thursday. Yeah, that fix setup in Indy this week I thought was probably one of the worst fix setups I've come across this season. <laughs> Garbage, huh? And yeah, we never I've... say, Oh, that was a great set, do we? No, I think the tire pressures are just way too high to begin with, so that's where they can start. Alright, I'll finish mine uh my my uh, results here. Uh I finished ninth on Thursday. Um, I was being cautious for the first stint, uh, fell back, but once I, you know, I got my confidence up, uh, you know, made my way forward slowly throughout the race. There were a lot of green flags, uh, runs. I finally caught a caution was actually the lucky dog when that happened, uh, kept it on the lead lap because of that and just kept it clean as everyone else wrecked and, uh, finished ninth and it was a great run, uh, 11th on Friday. Uh, which is a, a very similar situation, you know, just kept, kept out of the wrecks. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, not so good. Um, 17th and 15th, basically just getting caught up in people's wrecks. Sounds like my fixed. So, Carlos, how, how was your results? Both terrible and good, I guess. I don't know. I'll start off with terrible, I guess, which that was Wednesday afternoon. I do those midday, you know, like, what was it uh, 5 p.m. Eastern? One of those races. I usually always do those when it comes to full-length races. Right, and, uh, the early start. Yeah, it was like a 4,000 SOF. wasn't too too high of a top split, but I was in top split out of... There's only 26 cars running in that split, so I finished 22nd out of 26 after letting Rage get the best of me and, I don't know, ran into somebody because I uh, thought he purposely ran me off the track, but... It turned out a screen went blank, and I felt real bad about it, but karma got me, and I got 22nd, but open was a lot better. Just ran a random set that one of our teammates threw up and had to work on it throughout the entire race, and ended up with the ninth, I think, eighth or ninth. That was the one that was real super tight. It was tight, and we had to, yeah, we had to throw huge changes at it to get it to turn going in. Yeah, that was the same set. That's when you and I raced together. That was Dave's setup he put up for us, and we had to throw some huge offset changes to it. Yep. Get it to rotate it off. All right, and then you did run the weekend, right? Wait, who, me? Yeah. No, I didn't. I only ran the one and done. One and done. Each. Yeah, I did the same thing. I ran the open with Carlos, and I got a fifth out of it with the same setup. Well, I probably would have ran every race if it was a regular half distance, but full length only one and done. So, Jose, you also, uh, I think you had the best results of the team. Tell us about your week. I actually also had to uh, do a one and done deal on both the fix and the open. I had family members over and didn't have the opportunity to race uh, the other uh, days. But I got lucky uh, on the first one, which was the open. I ran clean throughout the majority of the race and kept myself in the top nine, top ten uh, most of the race. Um, I was actually running like third position with 20 laps to go, and I had to pit. Uh, and this was under green flag condition. Um, unfortunately, I went in very, very hot and uh, ended up hitting the wall. I lost control of the car, hitting the wall, damaging my car slightly, and the front end, so I lost a lot of speed on it. Nonetheless, uh, I ended up finishing fifth in that race. 
Um, I kept it clean for the rest of the race and uh, still had enough speed uh, to pass people <laughs> with, a, with a damage front end, um, which was my surprise. Uh, and the fix, uh, again, my only opportunity. Um, I thought it was going to be a very tight drive, and I was backing up the corners considerably. Kept the car clean. Again, ran in the top five most of the race. Uh, ended up finishing the race cleanly with a top four finish, uh, and that was to my surprise. I didn't, That was not expected, uh, especially at Indy. I do not run well at Indy, and uh, I had that particular setup was slightly tight for me when it came to uh, racing. And the thing I want to point out is during that Wednesday night, or that open race, you were in position to win before you hit the wall there and messed up. I just want to point that out. You were you know, going to come out of that stop probably close to the lead or if not with the lead. It, it, it would have been a good shot for the win because I was playing the tire game more so than the fuel, um, both for the fix and the, and the open. It worked very well in the fix. Uh, when I went, when I pit in the fix, I pit with 25 laps to go. I was, I came out uh, P12, I think I, I came out, and I was able to run down pr practically almost everybody except for the top three guys, and that's only because I just did not have enough time. Um, in the f open, with 20 laps to go, I was pretty much on the same pace. And I was running third when I went into the pit, so I had a really good opportunity to get a win there. Um, the guys that were P1 and P2 were pitted about five or six laps before me. So I pretty much had better tires uh, at the end. I just made that dumb mistake of going in hot and, and spinning my car out. Luckily, I was able to spin my car out back into the pit, um, but it did gain me a 15-second penalty, and that's what... Kind of yeah, the me. penalty was what killed it, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's a 15-second speed. You might have been okay without the penalty. Yep, because I, I did not repair the car. I was only one minute uh, and I think 30 seconds of repair. So I knew the car wasn't that damaged, and I could have given it the 20 laps that was remaining. Um, fortunately, uh, I just made that dumb mistake. Uh, and live and learn. I mean, that's one well, thing about it. Well, a heck of a run, Jose, and you definitely brought your eye rating up this week, it sounds like, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I was upset because I did uh, last week. I did not have a good race in none of the races, and um, my I rating took a very big hit. Uh, I was able to regain a lot of it uh, in just those two races, and I was actually happy about that. Yep. Well, great run, uh, Kyle. You had some good runs. Do you have any other notes about the uh, NIS? No, just forward to Pocono. Pocono Sorry to say dead. that, but <laughs> I didn't I'm have happy it's not a full-length full race. That's all yeah. I care about. Yeah, I agree. It makes it a little bit more reasonable, you know, to have a family and whatnot if the races are only two or two and a half hours. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming home to Watkins Glen, so. Yeah, and that's full-length, so. Ouch. I don't even know if I'll make it through that race. That, that'll be a, if I finish that race, that'll be an accomplishment. Yeah, I'm just hoping my brake pedal holds up for that one. Well, at least Watkins Glens, you don't have full course yellows. Uh, that doesn't slow the pace of the race. So the race usually goes fast in Watkins Glen, even though it's full full race. Yeah. Now, 
All right, I did find some things on uh, some of our other teammates. Uh, Brad Wren, uh, top tw- uh, he got a 12 and top split, which I think was his second attempt, or what was it? I think he only had a one-and-done deal, too, didn't he? Yeah, he did uh, do a one-and-done on both. But, yeah, that's a great finish, especially uh, top split. And and I, was on I, I forgot to mention, too. I made top split, I believe, on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they got wrecked. And uh, Brad Miller looks like he got a fifth and open, but I have no result in fix. I don't really know how he finished. Yeah, I don't there. think he ran too many either. So, pretty races. Logan, you don't run the NISs, do you? Uh, I usually do. I didn't run this week though. It's a long race. It was three plus hours. Three hours, fifteen minutes. Three and a half hours. Right. They don't run the same schedule as, uh, of course, the Peak Series. I would assume you would be testing your uh, your setups on the Open, correct? Uh, actually, this week, yes. And I did an NIS Open race, and I was running fifth, and then spun off of turn four. It's easy to do. Oh yes, it is. That, that yeah, I think I tough. spun off this week twice. I think to turn two personally was worse than turn. Yeah, two. Uh, yeah, I think both of mine were in two, and uh, it just all of a sudden it's like late exit. And it's like oh, all of a sudden I'm around and I didn't even know it. Well, well, Indy is very line dependent. If you don't take the, that line exactly, you're either going to spin it or you're going to hit the wall. Yeah, and yeah, looks like Matt got a tenth fix too. So. Matt Bowley continues to impress. How many weeks now have we called top tens for him with limited starts? No, no. It's like five weeks in a row or something. It's crazy. I mean, he's doing great. So uh, glad he's getting his I rating up. And he just got engaged. So we'll announce that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to affect his racing schedule even more, but uh, he has a a beautiful fiance now. And uh, congratulations, Matt. What do you think? It's not. Think it's not going to affect it. <laughs> I think it would, at least for a while. Well, us old married guys who've been married for a while, it's a different scenario. I think exactly. <laughs> you yeah. and your dad. <laughs> Let's get away from the wife for a little while, right? Well, okay. So, us. Uh, any more notes on Pocono or thoughts about Pocono? Carlos. Carlos, you were uh, practicing with the Pocono fix setup, and you mentioned that it's actually better than it was before. Well, it's not that much better, but it's better, and definitely you can at least stay on the gas a little bit longer, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to having fun at that track. I don't know. I don't know why. You can just throw it around this time. Yeah, I'm intrigued about that. I'm interested in how we're going to run in Poconos this week. So are you thinking it's better to be smooth or be aggressive? Hell, I have no clue. In Pocono? Yeah. Smooth. You're too aggressive, you might hit the wall, or you're going to hit somebody that's going to hit the wall, or you're going to lose it and spin it off the, I don't know, turn two, turn three. Uh, that The whole track is pretty tough. All right. So my final thought on NIS is when I was when Logan was talking earlier about the peak and how he's been running over there and how the competition's really tough, 
that's kind of how I feel sometimes, and I can really relate to that when I'm running the top split. Sometimes uh, when the attendance is down, I can make top split with my particular I rating, and I get in there and I'm like the slowest guy sometimes, and or I'm just the guy that just stays in the back and I can't seem to get move forward. But, you know, just struggle to, you know, use racecraft and survive and get a result, usually. But, uh, boy, you know, when you were talking about that, I can really relate to that. And I feel like I'm sometimes racing in splits that are a little above my head. Uh, Logan, why don't you take up the next topic here? Mm, uh, what, just... My own topic, or no? I was talking about the, the oh, new announcement from Sorry. today from Mobile One. Here, uh, yeah, it's on Thursday, and we're apparently supposed to race with Tony Stewart. So that's that's like probably one of um the greatest opportunities I've gotten to do on sim racing. It's awesome. I mean, they just announced this this morning. Uh, in conjunction with sponsor Mobile One and Tony Stewart. And uh, I didn't even know Tony was an iRacer. Uh, I believe he tried it out before, like some kind of driver F1 swap in 2012 with, I don't know, some F1 driver. Wasn't just it, uh, uh, 2011 with uh, Lewis Hamilton, I think? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was that. But I don't think he I races. Well, certainly not on a regular basis <laughs> that no. we know about. So I, my first thought on when I heard this was, and and who he's racing against, which are the peak guys. Uh, is he going to get his butt handed to him, or is it going to be embarrassing? Embarrassing, or I don't know. Is he going to be able to keep up? I I don't know if it's going to be fixed or open, but. Either way, I I think he's gonna get his butt kicked. <laughs> I know <laughs> because, that's my you know I, I'm afraid it might be embarrassing. Yeah, I I don't really I don't really know, but the reason why, like people are saying, like you know Tony's gonna do good and stuff, but the reason why he's not gonna do good is because we're driving on the old Pocono and it's like a different line than real life or whatever and. The tire is much, much different. Well, there's a lot of things different at Pocono. Uh, you have the extended pit wall, right? Uh, in, down the back stretch, it's paved instead of grass. Uh, what else? Wasn't there a repave? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah it was a repave. Yeah, there's a repave that hasn't even been included. So, yeah, that's certainly a disadvantage for Tony, I would believe. And I think, I'm not saying, guys, listen, no hate mail. I love Tony Stewart. He's a great driver, okay? But he's not doing sim racing on a regular basis. That's certainly a disadvantage. He's not used to it is what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, we're used to it. You know, Logan sits down, what, daily and runs? Uh, he much. runs with all these, you know, all these guys that are really good, and yeah, I just see Tony's going to be a, di a disadvantage. Yeah, but knowing him, because I, I personally have raced against small block modified, two thousand one, 
Blackhawk Speedway, Dundee, New York. Uh, Did he hand it to you or what? No, actually, he finished 13th to my ninth. But, um, great guy. The hothead on the track, but get him outside that seat, and he's probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Yeah, I've met him once at uh, Phoenix International Raceway. Great guy. So, yeah, so Thursday, July 28th, people, uh, that's when this is going to happen. It's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, and it's going to be on, uh, it's going to be broadcast live on iRacing's Twitch and YouTube channels. So uh, check that out. I'm not going to miss it. I put it on my calendar. I you know, I'm just curious, you know, about how is Tony going to do compared to everybody else. Uh, and then, you know, like, Logan, what you said, what a, a huge thing for you and the other 39 guys that are going to have the opportunity to race with Tony Stewart, you know, on his final year in Cup uh, on iRacing. You know, that is awesome. Yeah, I I actually, like, told my parents about it, and they're, like, you know, they're really excited to uh, watch it and stuff, and, like... This is one of NASCAR's legends. I know some drivers, you know, they're not real thrilled, but I'm like, I I cannot wait to race with Tony Stewart. It, it's different. I mean, it's I mean, if you said Joey Logano, or right. I it, it's care. not the same as is Tony Stewart. You know? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, this this is iRacing who put this together. I'm assuming, correct? Well, Mobile One, uh, it's a yeah. sponsor-driven thing. Uh, you know, not not to be thinking outside the box here a little bit, but I'm wondering if there's a particular reason why they're doing this when you know during Tony's retirement, being that Tony's retiring this particular season, um, have less drivers out there. Could he be looking for a new driver to bring up and? Uh, a person a sponsor well you know very good point considering this morning Stuart Haas announced that they're opening a uh, Bush team well I should say Xfinity team uh, in 2017 with a yet to be determined sponsor and driver they um they actually said I I think this is the reason why I don't know I don't know if they're looking for a driver or what but they said that you know they're promoting Mobile One because they like signed an extension with Stuart Hawes for like another uh, I don't know how many years, but they just signed an extension. Right. That's why they're doing it. And and the reality is, the answer really is activation. And this is this a company uh, activating their sponsorship. They're just doing it in a unique way that most companies don't. You know, hey, let's. Let's get Tony on a rig and have him race the best in iRacing and see what happens, you know, and we'll promote it on social media. It's interesting. It's, it's very, very interesting. It's, it's, I wish I had a pro license. This will be a nice opportunity, great opportunity. To great opportunity. Against, oh, yeah. yeah. Against Tony Stewart. Wow. Cool to see Ty, Ty take him on. That would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Sure. <laughs> Well, uh, I hope he doesn't get embarrassed. That's my biggest, you know, concern, I guess. Uh, I, I hope he actually runs well. I hope he can run top 10 with these guys. Wouldn't that be something if he could sit down in a simulator he's never run and 
probably would be my guess. You know, it's probably somebody else's simulator, somebody else's hardware. He's sitting down in it, and if he runs like a top 10 or something, that'd be amazing. Oh, you have to also remember, I don't think it was Fox Sports 1 uh, with Kluggerman have this, this, uh, the simulator, and they right. use iRacing. That's the NBC, yeah. Oh, NBC, is it? Uh, correct. So it's out there. It's available to them, to the drivers. Starting oh. to come a little bit more noticed lately. It's getting the word out just a little bit here and there. Well, it's this gonna... is the true epitome of esports, you know, and I think that iRacing is uh going to like explode on social media like yeah. on NBC or whatever when dirt comes out. That's Oh yeah. Because they already said like before you know, Eldora is getting scanned for iRacing, and they released it on Facebook, Twitter, and this was like Fox Sports or something. Yeah, huge audiences. And then you get drivers like Kyle Larson, Clint Boyer involved, and they're tweeting about it too. Yeah. I believe that more NASCAR drivers are going to, you know, come to iRacing because of dirt. Like, I'm wondering if Junior would uh, come back to iRacing for dirt. I, I I doubt it, but I know that multiple NASCAR drivers will be racing dirt for sure. I'm sure they're going to at least try it, you know? Because everyone wants to see how it goes. Not well, most to mention of them... the publicity and membership's probably going to double in itself for iRacing, not just NASCAR drivers, but I, I bet in general, so many most... people out there that chase those dirt racing games most of these NASCAR drivers started in uh, dirt racing anyway. Yep. Lots a of lot them. of them, yep. Well, very cool. Uh, Logan, I hope uh, that race goes well for you, and uh, try not to be the guy who takes out Tony Stewart. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to... I, like, I want to try and race around him, just... You know, oh, yeah, TV you got to get time. a screenshot, right? Yeah, screenshot. I want to take one screenshot of just side by side with them. That would be that would be awesome. And uh, and just like kind of race around them for TV time or something because I know there will be a lot of viewers and they're going to be paying attention to Tony Stewart the most. Yeah, so well. I'm not going to be like you know trying really hard because they actually said that to us that there are going to be two heat races and one main event. So I'll, I don't know how that's uh, going to go, but it's it's going to be pretty fun, and I'm going to try and run around them as much as possible. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I'm looking forward to watching, uh, and we'll see how that goes. So uh, Tony Stewart, coming to iRacing. Uh, next topic here is... Uh, we're moving on to road racing, and the plans have been announced for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And we heard from Kevin Bobbitt uh, this week, basically that the track is progressing nicely, uh, and so they're tentatively scheduling the special event to be October 29th and 30th. Uh, the cars will be the LMP2 HPD, GT1 will be the Aston and Corvette, GT2 Ford GT. Um, 
and they're talking about they might even do a GT3 lead-up event if there is enough interest. So, you guys ready for Lamar? Got me. Yeah, that's kind hours. of uh, fits into the cate category of the Nurburgring. Yeah, I didn't yeah. purchase that. 24 hours of a track that we still haven't driven. Yeah, very tough. I'm ready for it. So, Carlos, are you uh, planning on at least organizing a, a car for our team and try to coordinate if you can get enough people to do it? That's a long race on a brand new track. Yeah, I'll figure something out. All right. Yeah, you might have to join others. All right. So, next up. is uh okay so this is an article in carandriver.com uh, a more mainstream automotive magazine website about a uh, a writer for the uh, car and driver goes and gets together with the teammates uh, in Europe to watch them race a GT3 endurance race um, so the team redline is the team, and the drivers are uh, Bono Huis from the Netherlands, Alexi Asura-Jakola is Finnish, and Kelvin van der Linde is South African. And so what happened is uh, their sponsor, Fanatec, uh, brought the drivers together uh, in their factory uh, where they have several very nice uh, sim rigs set up and uh, let them race this last uh, GT3 endurance race uh, there together, um, as well as let the uh, guy from Car and Driver observe that, you know, and observe how the race went and write this article about it, uh, basically. So it's a great read. I certainly suggest you check it out. Um, if anything, just to look at the, uh, the really cool rigs they have set up there at Fanatec. A uh, very long article uh, where he interviews um, these drivers a little bit. Uh, one of the quotes from one of the uh, sim drivers uh, on Team Redline was, uh, I raced uh, a NASCAR champion once. I ended up passing him and went on to win. I think that's what you just said earlier, Kyle. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good read if you guys are uh, interested in that stuff. Team Redline is a very, very famous uh, sim racing team. They're very fast people. They have, a, I believe, they do have a pro driver that drives for Redline as well. Oh yeah, it's a big team, and it's interesting too. Uh, they talked a little bit about the backgrounds of these three different guys, and and um, you know, some one of these guys, a South African, is actually, uh, you know, doesn't have really nice equipment. I think he has a a very low-paying kind of job, and he, they talk about that a little bit. And he runs on a single screen, and um, but still, he's you know one of the best sim drivers in the world, and he's on one of the best teams, you know. So, yeah, the forklift driver—that's that's what he was. Uh, uh, they mentioned. So anyway, uh, check that out, CarAndDriver.com. Uh, next topic. 
I'll remind you about the deadline for the 2016 video contest that iRacing is putting out. Uh, it's the end of the month, guys. July 31st is the deadline. And um, you can find out more information at iRacing.com backslash video dash contest. So we announced that, a f I don't know, several weeks ago on the podcast. I just thought we'd follow up and make sure to remind people about that. Uh, next was on social media, iRacing posted up a picture of the annual iRacing Finland club meeting. And boy, what I thought was cool about this picture is what a turnout. You know, they have a couple dozen people there. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to ask, why can't our clubs get together like this and have these kind of get-togethers? Have you guys That's ever uh, got involved in a club to get together? Well, there's been a couple in the New York club where I ran. Have you been in a position or something like that? But There's been some postings in the forums in my section also about getting to get togethers, but I've never been interested in it. A lot of people that are in the club and most. So it comes time to the. Uh, Big event there in the fall. You know, the, with the whole world event stuff going away, I think the importance of clubs kind of went away too. Well, this Finland uh, picture that you uh, that I see, I see uh, Will Tell, uh, who's a race spots announcer, I believe it is, uh, for iRacing. Uh, also in those short videos that you see for YouTube. Uh, oh yeah, the iRacing. So. He's pretty famous around the Finland area. I would assume that a lot of people in his area would like to meet him. That's probably why the big group. Besides, they're yeah. all very big iRacer fans. Well, I'll tell you my experience with club meetings. Uh, I'm in Club West, which is a big geographical area of Arizona, New Mexico, California, I believe. No, it's everything but California. Nevada, Utah. Anyway, West Club. And... Uh, there's been a couple, like you said, in the forums where they, you know, try to put together a, a, a get-together, and I tried to participate a couple times, and I actually did where we got together at the Phoenix International Raceway during one of the races, and guess who showed up? The uh, president of the club and myself. There were only two people there. So uh, that's my experience. Uh, it usually doesn't work. If we don't see. So anyway, cool for those guys uh, get together. Other thing we saw this week, uh, iRacer uh, Jack Rollman uh, put on his iRacing channel a new video called Choreography, and it's just one of those it's one of those fan videos, you know, where you have music set to pictures of cars going around track, and that's all it is. There's nothing more than that. But it's uh, really nice, and he's got some great, uh, you know, shots and uh, of uh, basically road racing kind of stuff set to uh, classical piano is basically what it is. Uh, kind of a neat watch. I did watch it earlier today and checked it out. Search uh, choreography iRacing in YouTube. 
All right, next up is a uh, post in the forums by Tony Gardner about the connection issues since the last update where there was a forum thread about the red Q bar where people were getting disconnected. We talked about last week Brad Wren getting disconnected from races that he never gets disconnected from. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read what Tony wrote about this. Um, and this is basically iRacing's response to what I perceive as an increase in disconnects and connection issues that people are experiencing across the board. Um, first of all, let me ask the group, am I right in saying that? Do you, do you guys feel like connection issues are more of a problem now? I, I don't last build, but probably the build. X11. Yeah, you're cutting in and out a little bit, Kyle. Yeah, I thought DX11 definitely was crucial with the disconnects. I think when that build came out, it was an awful. Jose? Yeah, I actually have had some issues recently. I believe I even lost connection in Indy or the, or the or last week. I'm not even sure, just recently. Um, for a little bit, which I thought it was on my end. I didn't realize that there was something going on here. Um, but yeah, I've seen my S bar continually go red, and I, I keep blinking a lot too. And that's one thing I never had. Logan, what are you? Th are you seeing more of it, or? Um, I'm actually seeing less of it, honestly. But okay. I know that, like during, I think it was during Kentucky, three drivers dropped out during the peak race. Tyler Hudson, right, was one of them? Yeah, Hudson, Hurst. All right, uh, Carlos, what are your thoughts? What? About connection issues. Are they increased lately or not? Seems the same to me. Okay, Lance, you've joined us. What do you think? I've seen some uh, problems at the initial connection to the race, but uh, uh, during, during the actual event, um, it's been pretty clean for me. Okay. All right. Let me read what Tony Gardner wrote here. Uh, we are aware of the complaint of drop packets or connections for some customers. We've been following this thread and monitoring customer service calls closely in this regard. The issue is not on our end in terms of the iRacing software. However, it is a priority to figure out in more detail the issue and figure out if anything can be done about it, even if it is just providing more information to the customer. Maybe something changed at our hosting facility in regard to connections and we are abnormally dropping packets or connections. We do testing regularly to measure the connections between our servers and the race servers. However, we are looking into and installing some additional tools and reporting to monitor our connections that simulate client connections to each of the farms and our servers. At least then we will be able to definitively know if the connection issues are on our end or the customers. If on our end, again, hopefully something can be done about it. If not, then at least we, it, it will be good to let the customer know that the issue is on their end and maybe they can do something about it. So that's what Tony said. And to paraphrase what I just said, he's adding new tools that are going to tell them if it's on my side or their side. And I think that's a, a real big step. New tools sounds a lot to me like a network trace. 
Yeah. Well, you know, they have spent, like he said, multi-million dollars on this whole hosting facility and whatnot in the recent months. And they've moved uh, the, a lot of their hardware side around a lot lately. So, yeah, they could have a server farm that's uh, that's getting hit some with some irregular uh, IP activity. It just uh, I'm not a network technician. I'm a I'm a computer repair guy, but uh, I listen to our network admins all the time, and uh, they talk about running traces frequently to find out what network issues, why network issues are happening. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a little bit of chatter from the community that this has been an increased issue, even though we've heard mixed results amongst the group here. Um, I personally have had issues ever since the last September build, last fall in 2015. Prior to that, I never, ever, ever had an issue. Um, and then after that build, it, I've constantly had... Uh, error on network device problems and i don't actually get disconnected but i get i blink out uh briefly i personally don't experience the issue i just see it happen i did have a week you or see two others there. yeah yeah i had a week or two there around the dx11 build where i was getting like my l bar was just hanging out red this is not normal for me i usually have solid connections so I know it's not my end, it's just waiting for iRacing to figure out their bugs. Alright. Alright, let's move on. Uh, next on social media is somebody posted up a picture, and then iRacing uh, posted it, of their white Corvette with special license plates that say iRacing on the license plate uh, from Ohio, actually. And, uh, that was pretty cool uh, to check that out. And um, Tim Rangers is the driver uh, who ha owns the Corvette. So nice uh, car, Tim. I wish I had one. <laughs> <laughs> I love Corvettes. My dad used to own one like that, and uh, I saw it. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. Always right, wanted one. Uh, Jump into another topic here that came up uh, July 18th. Uh, uh, people were posting on Facebook that uh, iRacer uh, Doug Thunder Manning has uh, passed away unexpectedly. And so we lost uh, Mr. Doug Manning. Uh, he was a staple in, sim in real sim racing. Uh, he helped run uh, their series called Midnight Thunder and the Full Throttle Cup series. Uh, Real Sim Racing is a, a league or a Facebook group. It's actually a league that he was involved with. And, uh, yeah, so we just thought we would uh, mention and say prayers for the family and just say, uh, you know, Godspeed to Doug. And it's now let's to see one of them get lost. Yeah, you know, and it is a real community here. Um, let's let's end this on some better news, and that's from Laura Lawson uh, posted up on Facebook. And if you recall, Laura Lawson is the driving force and founder of LSR TV, which is a broadcaster of several iRacing events. And uh, she had to step away, as we reported a few months ago. Uh, she was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
and was giving a 20 to 40 percent chance of survival. Well, this last week she posted a uh, update for everybody on Facebook and basically said uh, she was given a clean bill of health today. That's awesome. So, yeah, so nice. her treatments worked. Good to hear. Yeah. Bad for Laura. Good news for her. So uh, it, it's also awesome to, to hear, uh, you know, good things happen to good people. Uh, she's going to get involved in iRacing again, obviously, and uh, and we're happy to hear that she's okay. Here's hoping she escaped all the uh, the tough uh, tough problems that come as a result of Hodgkin's uh, treatments. There's uh, yeah, side effects and stuff. Yep. Yep. It's very rough. So well wishes for her. Yeah. And uh, so good news there. Uh, let's move on. An old friend, uh, or an old, well, I won't call him a friend, but it, a guy I used to race in NIS all the time, last season and the season before, his name is Hoyt Smith. And uh, Hoyt is back. And why is he back? Well, Hoyt would rage quit and sell all of his hardware. And I think he's done it three different times now. And so this is the fourth time he's been back after selling his hardware. So I believe last time, uh, it was a mid-2015 when he left, or late 2015, uh, he just got fed up of how these races were going and getting wrecked and stuff. And he said, I'm going to quit. And sure enough, he did. He posted up a, uh, a forum post and and sold all his stuff, and he had really good stuff, too. I mean, he, like, he had an AccuForce wheel, and he had, like, all the best stuff, you know. So I have, I did talk to him briefly. He was in my split this last week, and uh, I did welcome him back to the service. Uh, welcome back, Hoyt. Uh, I didn't get to talk to him about if he bought new hardware or whatever. I'm sure he must have. Uh, but maybe we can get him on the show, and we can talk to him about it. Be nice to have the money to just buy back all your stuff. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys that. There's a lot of sim racers that I get the impression that they feel like sim racing equipment is is interchangeable for cash. It's like, oh, I'm out of money and I need to pay bills. I'll just sell, you know, my wheel or my gear shift or whatever. Oh, it's like anything. You're always going to take a loss whenever you sell peripherals. I don't. I don't know how guys sell it and then buy everything back and get back up to run competitive. Not to mention, I from a little bit different perspective of it. Of so, not everybody out there's got money to be able to spend on it, and, and the way video cards come out nowadays is they release so often that they that they outdate quick, but. Just to touch on a different subject, you know, he had the AccuForce wheel. You see pro licensed drivers, I'll, I'll point out Alfel for one, because I know he runs a G27 wheel. You know, it, it just goes to show you don't need the best equipment for driver of a service. Well, look at uh, Ray Alfala's first uh, championship. He was on a, what was it, Driving Force GT? Yep. Uh, like a 12-inch screen or something? <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. He must have upgraded by now. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rage Quit, uh, is, I think should be Hoyt's middle name, maybe? or 
And I, I guess the next Mark thing you. is, how long will it take before uh, Hoyt Smith rage quits again? Maybe we should uh, start a pool. <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> yeah. Martinsville. What do we need right now? I got to think. <laughs> well, anyway, available? welcome back to Hoyt. So We should get him on and talk to him. Yeah, I'll, I'll invite him for sure. Uh, all right, next up. Uh, the Sim Racing Expo is happening again at Nurburgring on September 17th and 18th. And uh, iRacing will be there and have a booth. Uh, they're not going to have a big presence like last year because last year they were actually sponsoring the race as a sponsor. Uh, this year they're just going as a booth participant. You know, they're, they're having a small booth. So, hey, if you're in the area, check it out. Uh, next after that was iRacing put out another dirt video, uh, on Thursday and it basically shows, uh, the engineer, uh, walking through the lobby of iRacing and, uh, he, he spots a, a green plant on the ground and, and picks it up, uh, and takes it into the, uh, conference room. And then it shows these guys basically talking about, uh, they're, you know, they're waiting for their boss to start a meeting, but uh, he's out playing Pokemon and can't be disturbed. <laughs> so I guess it's just iRacing's way of getting on, on the Pokemon craze. Oh, if there was ever a group of people that deserve to go into the Tripper Shredder, it's the Pokemon <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... Anyway, that was funny. Uh, next up, okay, is hardware section. We're going to kind of cruise through this. We're running a little behind. Uh, a NVIDIA came out with a YouTube about the Dead Mal 5 project. Dead I don't mouse. know if that's how you say his name. But uh, basically, NVIDIA is working with this musician for his own little personal gaming setup, they're going to build him this custom PC that features all the best of NVIDIA's products. And uh, this is the first video, episode one. There's going to be several episodes about the computer build. But the first one is just basically an intro to the project uh, and some, some elements of, you know, how they're going to do the color or the design of the the case itself so uh, i intend to follow this video series as they go through it uh kind of interested and in see what they come up with i guarantee you you'll get fed up with the uh pretension of the edm crowd <laughs> well it looks like budget's not an issue kind of thing it's like okay so what is the best thing we can build so we'll see uh, next up was another video put out by uh, CXC Simulations. We talked about them. They have motion rigs. Uh, they're out of California. But they got Porsche driver Patrick Long in one of their rigs, and it's a uh, uh, you know VR rig, as, they, as you would call it, where there is a screen, but he's not using it. He's got the VR goggles on, the Oculus goggles. And it's a video of him going around the track, and uh, it's pretty interesting to see how he's, you know, 
turning his head and whatnot and the you know the motion rig is shaking him around and and you know he's sticking his tongue out you know like he's he's trying real hard yeah i've actually had a chance to uh not with iRacing, racing but i've i've run a racing sim with some uh vr goggles on and it's it's a heck of an experience i am very interested in trying that i almost feel like i would just get yeah, give me the barf bag is what I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, I thought it was bad when I first got my Obato back in March and mounted up my triples to it, and I was sitting so much closer. I was dizzy for a few weeks trying to run in that. I can only imagine what wearing VR would be. Yeah, if you are uh, if you have vertigo or any symptoms of vertigo at all, um, VR is not for you. Um, the screen door effects uh, of the sitting so close to the... Um, the actual screen itself, you get kind of a grid in front of your eyes, and that's kind of hard to deal with and is a little disorienting. You know, I think Oculus is great, but, you know, what is it going to be like in a year or two when they update the hardware and you get some real resolution in front of you? I think isn't the resolution really a problem? Yeah, the resolution is a problem, uh, and that'll be addressed with uh, organic LED technology. They'll just make the pixels smaller and smaller, and the resolution will get higher and higher. But um, you're going to have to have a more powerful graphics card to run those higher resolutions. Right. Well, it's uh, an interesting video of a real race car driver uh, uh, getting it on with the Oculus Rift. Uh, he, he's really uh, throwing that thing around. Uh, next up in hardware, we talked about this last week. Uh, it's called the Digital Race Engineer. It is a voice attack plugin. Uh, I begged Carlos to be the guinea pig and try it, but he didn't, so I decided to. So I downloaded the free version, and my experience is, is it didn't work. And so I started going through the manuals and digging through it, and it turns out the key part of setting this up is let's remember what voice attack is voice attack is a program that turns voice commands into written speech or or text typed type you know typing on a, a keyboard is what it is so he has all these commands built into this plugin and this profile that you can download 170 of them and all of them are programmed with his keyboard and his uh, key mapping so when you go into the sim and you go to settings and you go in there you have to decide okay volume up is letter a volume down is letter Z you know and push to talk is letter space bar you know and you have to make all those decisions right so anyway the guy who made the software he he has the craziest craziest keyboard mo uh, mappings you've ever seen so for example i was running in the nis race and i needed to scroll the relative so i could see when the pace car was coming so usually i would grab the arrows and go up and down right well because i had to remap to this guy's keyboard mappings uh, that's now called Alt Control Shift J for up, and to go down, it's Alt Control Shift I. 
So I'm sitting here trying to manipulate the keyboard. It just doesn't work. And so I told him that, and that was my feedback I told him in the forums uh, today. I, I gave him my feedback. I said, look, you really need to reprogram this thing to work off a default keyboard mappings that come with iRacing out of the box at a minimum. And then, you know, that at least gives people a, a good starting point, you know, that they can start with. Uh, the crazy stuff he's got basically renders the keyboard useless. So um, if he doesn't change it, I'm probably not going to, I'm going to have to stop using it. So um, what else? Uh, it crashed on me five different times over a three-hour race. It crashed voice attack. Um, he said that uh, it's probably due to the free version. He doesn't think the pro version does that, but he's going to look into it. Uh, the other thing I noticed was it doesn't have any commands really for the oval racer. This is very road-specific. Um, all the commands he has built are very, very road-specific. Um, in fact, the most simplest commands you need in, in oval racing are like to take two tires instead of four. And he really didn't even have a command for that. So I had told him, hey, you need to say right side tires only or something like that. And be able to switch it to two tires. So um, he's going to work on that. So I'm still holding out hope that, you know, he's going to manipulate this and bring it to a level that I can use it at. And I'll probably end up going to the paid version as well if I like it. So um, it's been an interesting uh, uh, challenge to try to make it work. I do think it has great potential still if I can make it work and if he works with me on trying to get it, you know, where it's usable. You can't I think as long as he it? supports his product, then be able to... Well, he's got to get away from him. the weird keyboard mapping. I think that's really the key. And if he does that, I think he's got something that a lot of people are going to like. You're not able to change the keyboard mapping. But on here's your own? the thing: to go through all of the commands he has built, which are I don't want to say millions, but lots of them, hundreds of them, would take forever, and to remap those, because you'd have to enter every command individually, and then push the keys that you have programmed instead of the ones he has programmed. And the way it reads is, it'll say like, you know, Shift K, you know. Alt-H, you know, all these weird keys that he has programmed, but you have no idea what that corresponds to in the sim. So you have to go cross-reference that in his manual, and then you'd have to look it up, okay, what do I have it mapped to? And then you'd have to remap it to that key. So it's right, not so as straightforward as you would think it is. It's not user-friendly, that's what I'm saying. You're not, able to, you're not able to program it to your key bindings. No, that's there's no way easily to do that. So, yeah. so I was telling him, hey, just give us your keyboard mappings, the ones that you have it programmed with. That would be way easier because then you only have to go into the sim and program like 26 keys, right? Or 30 keys, and that's it, whatever's on the keyboard, and well, you're done. But the problem is, is he has all these weird mappings, you know? Yeah, well, it depends what you're using because, remember, you, some people use button boxes. Others use iPads. So they're already key mapped or button keyed. Um, if you're going to start changing it just to accommodate this particular software, then you're not going to be able to use your button box or your iPad or any other 
Um, well, that's a good but, point. As I've experimented with this for the last week, none of all. You're right. All my other stuff is broken. My my button box totally broken. Right. Because I killed all my keyboard mappings. You're, exactly. You're trying to accommodate your key mapping to this particular software. Um, honestly speaking, Mike, I find it useless. If you're not able to key map your own keys to your liking, because every racer is different. Every racer has different key mappings. So if this software is not allowing you to key map your own key, your own keys to your liking, then it's useless. It's only good to him. But the see, developer. the other thing, uh, well, I, from my point of view, is the button box software, that's easy to program. That's easier to program, reprogram. So I'd rather reprogram that than to try to reprogram this voice attack plugin. Um, I'm just trying to figure out the easiest way to do it. But you're right, it does break the other stuff. And I did plan on, you know, reprogramming the button box. But like I said, that's a five or ten minute exercise. It's not a big deal. Uh, to reprogram this voice attack plug-in, well, I can't imagine how many hours you could spend working on it. Depends, again, on how... how, how so we'll see. I, it, it has yeah. potential. I mean, it has some great stuff. Like, when I was running Indy, it would tell me when somebody ahead of me is pitting. Or it, it does all these proactive things that are really cool like that. Um, now, you, you mentioned that it also crashed a lot, correct? It crashed several times. So, yeah, he's got some work to do. So, um, much, much But he's like already updated it once. He did do one update uh, since he released it. And it sounds like, you know, he's going to continue. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to hold out and see how he responds to my feedback, and, and we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to uh, the, your continued, uh, you know, Checking Did he pick this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, speed crashes every week too, so we can't just judge it on a on a on a crash problem. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I buzzer, <laughs> I speed. I don't know. All well, that I speed. That's a whole another problem. I can't get that to work. I actually updated I speed to the latest version this week, uh, uh -huh. but it still does that whole thing where it uh, blinks out during a race. All right, move on. Moving on, NVIDIA unveils its next-gen Titan X, and it's priced at $1,200, and it will be available August 2nd, and it will hold 12 gigabytes of memory. That's ridiculous. Thing's a monster. So what's with all the video cards lately? It's like, wow, every week there's something new. All it's right, just so, that silly season where uh, where everybody's got their uh, their own toy and they want to throw it in the game. Well, next week maybe we'll dig into that one a little bit deeper, but uh, check it out if you're in the market. That's a lot of money for a, a video card. Twelve hundred bucks, dang! <laughs> and how much the previous one cost? I yeah. think the previous one on launch was a lot more. I think it was uh, closer to fourteen hundred. I just can't imagine spending that much on a video card. No, not when you can get two of the uh, the standard cards for the same price. All right. Uh, final hardware topic was uh, trading paints went down Saturday morning briefly. Um, right before the NIS race, I noticed it was not connecting when I booted up. And I Twittered uh, Steve Lavender over there at Trading Paints. And sure enough, within 10 minutes, he had it fixed. And uh, I tell you what, that's good customer service. 
Well, it was obviously a pretty simple repair. Well, I mean, their entire website was down. If you went to tradingpage.com, you know, page cannot be displayed. Be displayed is what you would see. Oh. But uh, yeah, he got it up in time for the race, and uh, all right, um, and that's it. So let's go through final thoughts. Uh, Carlos, you're up first. For what? Final, final thoughts. thoughts. I don't got none. Jose. Oh, none here. Uh, everything is pretty good here. Okay, and Lance. Had a good first real week back where I was competing in uh, in all the series across the board. Um, ran really well. Had some uh, problems that were uh, my fault. Um, just uh, I'm happy. I'm so happy to be back. I know I say it every week, but I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, and you had some good runs. And uh, yeah, you are in Division One with me, by the way. Yeah, I found that shocking. I I didn't think I was. Uh, high enough in the points to uh, to advance to division one though i'm really really unfamiliar with how that works i've never yeah the cutoff is actually 3500 so if you were above that you're division one at daytona 500 well sure enough all right kyle oh, i was guys noticed the team didn't have too much time to uh run this week but i was happy to see that Pretty much everybody got at least a top 10 out of it, so that's good. Let's hope we can uh, take it forward the next week at Pocono and have better results than we did a couple weeks ago there. So, Yeah, so my final yeah. thoughts is, uh, and I'll, I'll mention Logan Clampett had to leave. Uh, we missed his uh, out time. So thanks, Logan, for coming on. Uh, good luck with the Tony Stewart race. Uh, we'll certainly be watching that. And at Pocono, you know, it, we were just there six weeks ago, okay? And I'm talking Still about real like NASCAR, too. This is ridiculous. We should not be coming to Pocono six weeks apart. They need to fix this schedule in NASCAR. Okay, in my no. opinion. How uh, long that's been going on all the way back to uh, Sterling Marlin? New Hampshire should not have two races. Yeah, I can keep going, uh, but they need to spread these dates out. They need to spread, get some more tracks going. What about Iowa, you know? Uh -huh. So that's my final thought. I hope NASCAR is listening. I'd love to see him throw Rockingham back on the schedule. There you go. So there, that would take care of New Hampshire and Pocono's second dates right there. Cool if it was just one per... Per track. Why not? Is there enough tracks? There probably is. Maybe, you know, your your Pocono, your Daytonas and your Talladegas, yeah, maybe they get two, you know. Well, the problem is, yeah, but there's also only two super speedways, so. I'd really sure like to see them toss some more, um, more road races in. Like, say, two more. Yeah, we've been wanting a road race in the, in the chase, right? Absolutely. I'll put the Sprint Cups on dirt. Is that what you're trying to say? Montreal. <laughs> Road Atlanta for the Sprint Cups. I mean, Xfinity does it. Road Atlanta, Road America, um, Hell Coda. I don't think Road America has enough facilities. Oh, they don't have Coda. enough hotel rooms, do they? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, up in Wisconsin? Eh. You also got a Canadian Bring a tent, sport. right? Yeah. 
Tech, Canadian Motorsports Park. Yep. All right. Well, that's our show. We'll see you next time. Later. Take care. Good evening. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.